How's it going, Suncast listeners? My name is Reagan Harrell, and welcome in to another episode of Suncast. This one is getting out a little bit later than usual. In fact, I think we're going to try something a little bit different than normal how we do it. I think I'm going to try, and just out of pure curiosity, this one's going to drop as, I mean, y'all will obviously know now, Saturday morning instead of the kind of Friday. Um, Part of that is I am just curious what, if the numbers look a little different, uh, me playing around with it a little bit, because I mean, you know, why not mess around a little bit? And also in part, and what I wanted to get started in with, I told Josh this, I don't know, a while back, a good little while back when he first came on, I think it was over the summer, like there will eventually come a point or a time when us being student athletes kind of will ultimately conflict with our schedule pretty heavily. And it, that, that did happen this week. He had a couple of huge tests. I had two uh, huge tests. One, uh, actually, I got, I got to take online this weekend. I uh, feel pretty confident about that one. The other one, business stats, your boy made a 99. Give myself a little pat on the back. I was really happy about that one. Um, you know, we love what we do here at Suncast. Uh, we love all the support, and we love all of you. But obviously, being a student athlete, it that has to come first because, I mean, that's what's keeping us uh, in school right now. Josh has got... 5 a.m. Wait, 5 a.m. waits every day. He's got three-hour practices every day. Uh, kind of same deal for me. And uh, not going to lie this week, um, I think Josh and I kind of both need a little mental little, little mental health break. And, I mean, by that, we, we're, we're still doing two episodes. We've still, I feel like, posted good content. But, I mean, it, it, it's a grind. And, I mean, Josh will get into a little bit more with uh, football. Um that, that, that was a tough one uh, for, for Weber. You know, he gets a little bit more, more into that. And it's a huge week this week, obviously, playing Kaiser, uh, who, good Lord, I mean, they are having themselves a fall season. We're going to talk uh, a little bit in going, going into this. We're going to talk about, obviously, what's happening Saturday. Uh, Kaiser takes on Southeastern women's soccer. And then you have Kaiser taking on St. Thomas in volleyball. And, of course, you have Kaiser Men's Soccer. They are your tournament champions and your regular season champions. We'll talk a little bit more about them uh, also because I'm seeing some similarities with one of my personal favorite uh, sports teams, the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, As many of y'all know, that's my team. I mean, that's who I ride or die for. Um, I am the most irrational. I'm one of the more irrational fans. I, 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 I love my dogs. But this Kaiser men's soccer team, they are kind of similar in the way they didn't win their conference the last two years against the same team, won the national championship this past go-around, and now they're going into the national tournament with more momentum than just about anybody on the slate. We're going to talk about them. Obviously, St. Thomas, they both have a lot to play for. Opening round matchups. They uh, believe St. Thomas will have to go on the road. I don't know that uh, 100%. Probably should have uh, texted one of them before. But I do know that there will be in West Palm Beach. The Coyote Seahawks will be in West Palm Beach to run through that. Again, we're going to do a little bit more once we find out who they're matching up with. And I believe those opening round matchups are – I think a week from today or a week from tomorrow, I believe November 17th, 
are when I know that's when the women's get started. I'm pretty sure that's when the men's get started too. Um, and then of course we're going to get into a preview of the two conference championship matchups with Kaiser uh, playing in both of them in volleyball and women's soccer. But before we get into that, this episode is brought to you by Elberon, Mr. Vaughn over there by Mini Max right across the street from Weber International University, best in pinatas, Powerball. Y'all know the whole nine with him. Love Mr. Vaughn. Go get him. Tell me her little son cast. will hook you up real good. Uh, love the man. Awesome guy. Great Brazilian food. Best Brazilian food on this side of the Mississippi River. All right. I'm going to start this one with a question. And I don't know the answer to it. Usually, I'll, you know, y'all know I'll kind of ask, this, ask a question to myself, especially when um, it's just me recording or uh, and Josh does opposite. By the way, we are going to get back to recording together. Uh, I told y'all just the scheduling and whatnot. This episode does have to be separate. Josh is going to do football at the end. Um, I'm going to talk my talk uh, right now. But my question to y'all, the Kaiser Seahawks soccer program, and we'll go men's and women's, but I'm kind of thinking more of the men's, but obviously the women's, the, the women's too. And in fact, scratch that. Just in, in whole, I'm going to change this on a dime real quick. The Kaiser soccer program. Now I think on my head here. Uh, let's lump some men's and women's sports into the categories they're in. So you got men's and women's soccer. You got men's and women's volleyball. Obviously, that's parallel. Okay, you got football and flag football. And then you got uh, baseball and you have, uh, help me out, softball. Is the Kaiser Seahawks soccer program the most dominant and the best run program in the NAI? That is a question that personally I cannot answer on a grand scheme because I can't speak for every NAI team in every sport. I don't know it. I can say pretty definitive, definitively in just soccer, yeah, they are. I can't speak for everything. And in this conference, I think they can make that case this year very, very shortly. And I don't even think that the men's soccer have to win the national championship to start saying that. I think the women's do because the men's won it last year. Obviously, if they both do, then that case is very, very strong. Right now, I would say they are one and 1A with in the conference, in, in, in this discussion, in the conference with baseball and softball over in Lakeland with the fire. It's, I'm sure we could maybe find something else in there. Um, also in the conference, I think at the top of my head, I would kind of say Kaiser football and flag football. They could definitely be talked about in that same aspect. Not quite up there though they the big thing is the banner in recent years you have last year or the last time both teams played southeastern has the championship in baseball uh many of y'all know how i feel about southeastern softball i feel like they have a good shot and then obviously the southeastern baseball team they have a good shot but this kaiser soccer team their women's won just a couple of years ago their men's won this year if they both win this year i think there would definitely be the case of this soccer program being one of, or not one of, the best in the entire nation in NAI sports. 
Now, I don't know Coach Oldham and Coach Dunn that well over in West Palm Beach. I had the great pleasure of getting to talk with Coach Dunn a little bit when they came and played Weber. But I would assume there's – I mean, obviously there's very similar standards. That is to win the Red Banner. I don't think that either team comes in their season like we want to win the Sun Conference Tournament. That's just not the expectation for – men's or women's soccer now i said earlier i wanted to draw a comparison to this dynasty that could be brewing with men's soccer for the seahawks i think the women's soccer has started to i mean they they, they've obviously been around and what they've done this year if they win this this could go down as one of the best seasons we've seen in nai history but the men's they they won last year and i want to draw this comparison to georgia and football because the last two years have been great. Obviously, appearances, won the Red Banner, but they didn't win back home. They didn't win their Sun, the Sun Conference. The last two years, St. Thomas has taken them down. And how big that save was from Nabot in, I believe, the 10th, 11th, 12th minute, something like that, about 10 minutes into the game, um, that save – could be one of the biggest saves in that in what's the word I'm looking for? Not one of the biggest saves, but it could be a save that sparks something. Because if St. Thomas wins that game, they go up one nothing, control the game, going to win. Obviously, after that save PK, it was all Kaiser. If that goes in and just say St. Thomas wins, they're now three in a row, and I don't want to say Kaiser doesn't win the championship this year if they lose that. But that had to be a really defeating thing to have happen. Also, the only team you, you lost to in the entire regular season. Now, obviously, y'all didn't – Kaiser Ness didn't really have anything to play for when they played them in Miami Gardens. But Kaiser kind of flexed their muscle right here. They're getting hot at the right time. And obviously, if you win two back-to-back, that's the start of a dynasty. And the way – they're looking right now. It, yes, they are a senior-led team. They do have Lucas Jacobs. They also have Rui Reyes, who's the Sun Conference Freshman of the Year. I don't think Coach Oldham's going anywhere. Nabot, who made the huge save today in his second team all-conference, freshman. And you look up and down, they have sophomores and juniors who I assume will be back next year. One of the more impressive players in this Sun Conference tournament, in my opinion, was their right back, Nick Okoto. He's a junior. He's coming back. Rodrigo Montez Silva, Silva, sophomore, coming back. Camacho, who, brilliant. He's played absolutely brilliant. He is a junior. They're going to come right back with Camacho and Reyes next year. And obviously, we got a lot more to have happen. I think they will at least make a run at the Red Banner. I don't want to say they're going to win it. We, we're going to talk about their, their women's team here in a little bit, but I think this men's team, if they win this tournament, it'll kind of show, hey, yeah, we slept a little bit earlier in the year, didn't have – we weren't necessarily giving it all – I won't say give it all you got, but I don't think – if Lindsey Wilson, for instance, I believe they drew Lindsey Wilson 3-3. If Lindsey Wilson plays Kaiser again, I don't see that happening. I don't see it being a 3-3 draw. I see Kaiser going and rolling right on through. 
And I'll tell you this also, and I've had a bad, bad little habit of calling a game and they're in a tournament and then it does not come true. We're going to get talking about volleyball here in a second also. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It wouldn't be crazy to say this is not the last time St. Thomas and Kaiser face off against each other. Now, this was not the St. Thomas team that I was used to seeing. I watched uh, the first half and about oh, 10 minutes before I had to go to practice of the second half. That wasn't the St. Thomas team that I was used to seeing. Now, the first 10 minutes, yeah, but that PK save was a game changer. I've never seen a penalty kick save flip a game the way that it did because St. Thomas was blitzing Kaiser for 10 minutes. And I was like, oh boy, uh, they, I would definitely say momentum. I was definitely thinking that St. Thomas was going to win this game 10, 15 minutes into the match. And then after the Nabot save, forget about it. So we're going to see what happens and we'll see. But just just, just think about it. Is, this, is the Kaiser soccer program the best men's and women's combo in the NAIA? Now, let's briefly talk about the, the women's soccer team for Kaiser as they have a Southeastern team leading up. In fact, I'm just going to go ahead and do this, do a little bit of a preview because I don't think really much else has to be said about this, about the Kaiser Seahawks team. They're the best team in the country. They're 18-0-1. They're playing Southeastern. And I hate to say this. I really do. I really do hate to say this. I think this game, this championship game, means the least – out of any of the champ, the other two, pretty much other two championship games that we'll see. We we just saw the men's soccer one. I think that one, obviously, there's a big rivalry between the men's teams at St. Thomas and Kaiser, and then obviously volleyball. You play in pretty much for your season. Don't know if two teams are going to get in. Um, I think St. Thomas they'll likely get into the opening round. Uh, no matter what. In fact, I think they already did with winning the regular season. Uh, but it is obviously a must-win for Kaiser Volleyball. Southeastern women's soccer and Kaiser women's soccer, they're hosting. They are host teams. They are the number one seed. Three other teams have got to come to West Palm Beach and come to Lakeland. And this game, I don't want to say this game, obviously. I, I, I shouldn't have to say. This game obviously matters. I'm not saying it does not matter. But... Kaiser's hosting, Southeastern's hosting. They're going to have teams coming to them no matter how this could be 10-0 one way or the other. However, talking to a couple of Southeastern players after they took down SCAD in a much closer matchup than last time, 2-1. Again, only caught the second half of that game because I had football meetings all the way up until 7 o'clock. Then I drove like a maniac to get to get there to to watch that one in a tropical storm great game it was a great game and honestly scad showed scad showed improvement I, i'll say they showed a lot of improvement in the second half i think they were the better team there was a disallowed goal for southeastern that i not i have no idea what happened i think the call was offside uh linesman never raises flag I don't know but what's the key to this game what's the key for Southeastern because I think obviously I don't say obviously they want it more but I think it would 
it, it would mean more to Southeastern to beat Kaiser than it would for Kaiser to beat Southeastern because Southeastern, excuse me, Kaiser is undefeated. They are 18-0-1. They are the pinnacle. They are the standard in NAI women's soccer. So what can Southeastern do to win this game in West Palm Beach? Well, it's going to take a strong from the back line. Their back line has been exceptional, led by the sophomore pairing of Ramsey Watkins and Katie Carnes. They're going to have to play out of their minds. Obviously, Holly Eddins, what Holly has done so well and was impressed me a lot, and I talked to uh, one of my guys uh, on Southeast football team during the, during the game, what she does so well is she becomes – a kind of a sweeper keeper. Grace does this really well for the Seahawks as well. And she shortens that ability. And I think it was a big reason why they were able to beat SCAD twice. She shortens that ability for you to be able to play that through ball and lead the forward into goal. Because if you play it too far forward, you're going to have Holly screaming off of her line. And she doesn't care about getting kicked at all. It, She's going to fly out like crazy, and she's going to get it cleared. Haven't seen it come come back to bite her, at least personally. There could be something out there. Uh, Grace does a good job of it, too. She's a little bit more, uh, I would say a little more cautious with it, and she doesn't really have to make those as much as a Seahawks uh, goalkeeper. But I think Holly is going to be playing with a little bit of a chip on her shoulder, Uh with the all-conference selection, she was obviously not on. Emily was on the second team. Grace was on the first team. Uh, I thought those were pretty interchangeable, by the way. Um, personally, I think Emily could, should have been uh, the first team all-conference goalkeeper, but with all the shutouts and everything, it was almost impossible not to give it to, to Grace. I'm not here to talk about all that. But they're going to have to play incredible in the back line, and Holly's going to have to make some exceptional plays. And then we head to the midfield. What can this midfield from Southeastern, led by Carissa King and Naria Lopez, do against, well, I would say the best player in the NAI and Kiki. I mean, she's definitely the best player in this conference. She won the award. I mean, no argument. The right decision. But she's not the only one. You got Matsumar, excuse me. You have Mueller and you have Matsurama in the midfield also for Kaiser that has, I mean, that's what has made them elite. That and obviously the back line with Tagball and Henriksen, Maha Henriksen for the Seahawks. Can Southeastern do to Kaiser what they did to SCAD? Kind of control that midfield. They did a little less the second go-around. So I think SCAD came in better prepared. Uh, but still, I, I think Southeastern and Kaiser, they were obviously the best two teams in the regular season. It's played out there playing each other. The midfield is where 90% of soccer games are won and lost. Can King and Lopez in the midfield, and then Luna in the back, back line, can they kind of – control the game and the reason I hesitate there is I kind of know the answer I I, I think I know the answer to this I don't know if you have 
a better team suited for controlling a game than Kaiser. They can control the game, and they'll make you play it how they want to. I think it is essential for Southeastern to get counterattack. They need to get a counterattack goal early. Southeastern needs the first goal. That's their path to win. When they have to play from behind, they're a little bit different of a team. But if they can get that first goal and make it a mess in the midfield, don't let them get that connection up top. Don't let Kennedy run free. And this, that's, I'm asking this, and it's a tough, but Kennedy and Lundman up top for the Seahawks, I don't really know exactly how you stop that. <laughs> Nobody's figured it out. Um, a guy that's been a, goal, a retired goalkeeper, dang sure is not going to figure it out. Uh, I'm just a guy talking into a mic, just hoping I say something that sticks because I don't know how you beat them. I truly don't. And I think that's why the question that I've had brought up so many times, is this team more dominant than Southeastern baseball? And every time I get behind the mic, it becomes, yes, it becomes they are more dominant than them. Because you could you, you could maybe catch Southeastern slipping one day. Maybe they were a power lineup, their fielding's not, not the best, and they don't run the bases that well. I don't know what this Kaiser Seahawk team does poorly, and that is terrifying. I've not identified a way to beat them. I, and I'm, I'm sure there is one. They, there are much greater minds in Lakeland, Florida. Trying to, they've been trying to figure out this since 10 o'clock excuse me, uh, mon- Tuesday, m- Monday or Tuesday, Tuesday night. Tuesday night is when they played. I guarantee that's what they've been grinding film and trying to figure out. Have they figured it out? I guess we'll figure it out Saturday. We'll figure it out. Um, score prediction for the game? <sighs> give me 3-2. No, give me 2-1. Let me go 2-1. Seahawks remain undefeated. They go 19-0-1, and they're rolling right on. And this real deal may be a team. This may be a 22-23-0-1 team. And for the non-soccer listeners out there, I don't know. I, I that That's insane. That's, that's the same in football. That's the same as going 24 games without losing in football. And I think we're heading there. I truly do think this is the team to beat. I mean, it obviously is. That's not a hot take. That's duh. They are the best team. Are they going to be beat somewhere along the way? They could, and it'll be the biggest upset of the year, at least of the fall. Ah, give me a sip of water. All right. I'm going to tell you all something. This is the dead truth. I hardly ever have a rooting interest in any of these games. It, especially if it's not Weber, specifically Weber baseball, if it's Sun Conference versus Sun Conference, especially in the tournament, I rarely have a rooting interest. I like to be right sometimes, but rarely have a rooting interest. Like, whoever wins, congratulations. Whoever lost, I'm sorry. Not going to lie here. I was kind of hoping for an Ave versus St. Thomas rematch. Would have been cool. Would have been cool. But – 
Shout out the Kaiser Seahawks. Shout out the Kaiser Seahawks, who started the year great, obviously. Uh, a lot of non-conference wins. Rough stretch in conference. Kind of sputtered at certain points. Uh, fought back. Got the three seed. Took care of business against Weber. And I get to call y'all out now. Overwhelming amount of votes were St. Thomas versus Ave Maria. When I put up the poll, I said, who y'all got? Overwhelming amount. So I'm not the only one that was wrong on picking the Gyrenes over the Seahawks. It's not what happened. Incredible game. Uh, incredible match. I believe the first four, they were all 20, 20 pluses on both sides. And I think it was 15 to 10 was the final in the fifth set. Hannah Heidi and Brooklyn Slater might be, might be the best setter hitter duo in the Sun Conference. And if you told me that a month ago, I probably would have been like, yeah, maybe, maybe top three or four. Yeah, I could see it. No, no, I think consistently this duo is. Put, they're putting their teams – I don't want to put the team on their back, but they are special. I don't think anybody in this conference has a 50-plus assist game. And then Hannah Heidi has at least three I can think of off the top of my mind. 66 assists in a volleyball game is mental. 30 kills Brooklyn Slater. Mental. In a massive environment against a team – who you did beat earlier in the year, yeah, but I, I, as we saw, you were the underdog. You had to play your best volleyball. And let's not forget uh, Erica uh, Magin. I'm, might be Butch Magin, and Mr. Magin or Magin, or I'm butchering it either way. By the way, if y'all hear me butcher your name, please let me know. Um, anyways, I think she had 20 something digs as well. Excellent in defense. Did not watch this game. Hand up, didn't watch it. I ate dinner with my parents. I went out and I ate dinner, ate dinner with my folks. Didn't watch the game. Some things are bigger than sports. Anyways, uh, they won. I mean, it was I mean, brilliant. I'll probably go back and at least watch the highlights. Uh, uh, shout out Kaiser Athletics uh, posting highlights to their games. That's awesome. Um, love that. Uh, love content. I think we, need, we, we might do something here. Um, I don't know if we'll ever post it or if I'll ever talk about it. We might have to do a little power ranking of the best social media for like each team in the conference. That'd be a fun little off-season thing maybe. Anyways, we have our championship matchup. It's the St. Thomas Bobcats and the Kaiser Seahawks. And we're not talking men's soccer. We are talking volleyball, folks. And I don't know why. I don't completely know why. Part of me's leaning Kaiser here. Part of me is seriously thinking Kaiser has caught their stride. They're playing great volleyball. St. Thomas almost blew it to Southeastern. Almost blew it. But I don't think there's anything more dangerous in this conference than getting up 2 0. Because it seems like every time we have a volleyball night, somebody's dropping. Somebody's going to drop a 2-0, a 2-0 lead. And tonight, it was the Southeastern Fire. They got up 
St. Thomas battles back. Obviously, St. Thomas lost to Southeastern uh, to end the year. Southeastern was a really good team at the end of the year. St. Thomas had a lot to play for, but their last now 10 sets, they're 5-5. Five and five. This Kaiser Seahawks team, on the other hand, have been dismantling teams. And they just had a, had a huge win. They just uh, killed the whole Ave St. Thomas, what I called months ago. Congratulations, Seahawks. And they could crash everything by being like, hey, you remember when we were the team receiving votes for the top 25? Yeah, we're still that team. We're still that team. And they can ruin this home atmosphere, which I'm sure is going to be rocking tomorrow. Apps, it's going to be absolutely mental. I don't believe uh, St. Thomas football is playing tomorrow. Or at least uh, at least not at home. It might be on the road. Yeah, they're on the road. They're on the road against Southeastern. That'll be a fun game. By the way, Josh, uh, Josh, and, Josh will do more talking to this. St. Thomas wins that game handily, and they're not in the NAI playoffs. Josh is better at controlling his emotions than I am, um, but he he might he might he might flip, he might flip. Anyways, my point being, if you are a Saint, if you go to St. Thomas and you're not on that football team traveling, or you're not on that women's basketball t- uh, tipping off at two, you better you better be there, and you better be in the stands, and you better be loud. I mean, crazy loud, because this has been this is a Kaiser team. At home, almost unbeatable. On the road, very beatable. And I think the place is going to be rocking. I think we're going to see the St. Thomas that we saw for most of the Sun Conference tournament, or not tournament, regular season. I think Allende is going to be putting dents in the floor at St. Thomas in beautiful Miami Gardens. And the reason why this championship game is light years, light years bigger than either soccer championship game, especially the Southeastern Kaiser women's soccer championship game. Kaiser St. Thomas men's soccer, in. They're in the opening round. Kaiser and Southeastern, they're hosting women's soccer, opening round, 100%. Kaiser's got to win this volleyball game or their season's done. South St. Thomas, hand up. I'm not exactly sure. I'm pretty sure that they're good. Pretty sure they're good to go. They'll be in open around. But this game could be the difference between hosting and going. This game is the biggest volleyball game that most of these athletes have played. It is huge. It's pretty much, I'd say it's a must win on both sides. Because let's be honest, I don't think a red banner's in either team's future. That's just the way volleyball is. Y'all know I love this conference. If St. Thomas wins this and goes on a run and they make the even the Elite Eight or the Final Four, I'll be flipping out. And y'all know when it comes to baseball and soccer and softball, Y'all know I am biased towards this conference. I'm banging on the table. When I say bias, I'm usually pretty accurate with it. But I am huge pro Sun Conference. 
what I said earlier about Kaiser soccer winning the red banner, that was the goal. I think the goal for all teams in volleyball in this conference are at least should be win the regular season to number one, win this tournament. Kaiser St. Thomas have that, and the St. Thomas Bobcats are going to win. They're going to sweep. It's going to be in five sets. Okay, I'm going to leave you all with one thing, and that is basketball. Basketball is starting up tomorrow in the Sun Conference. I want all basketball fans to know one thing. The podcast talk is coming. It's it's coming, but right now y'all are kind of in the same boat that volleyball was in not that long ago. I only, I only got so many eyes on the stove. I only got two hands. I can only do so much. I'm gonna, I am going to be covering basketball. I'm going to get into it or obviously posting it on social media. Just give me a little bit of time. Give me a little bit of time. I want to. I want to kind of wait. I want to wait a little bit. Let me see how everybody plays against each other. Not gonna lie, hasn't exactly been the best showing out of conference matchups, men's or women's. Has not. It, it, I, it, I'm not exactly just jumping up through the roof um, for basketball in the Sun Conference right now. So let me just see how everybody's playing. Let me see some teams play each other. Let me see the results of them. Then let me get back to y'all. Okay. All right. Love y'all. Have a wonderful weekend. Take care of your chickens. I'm going to shoot it over to Josh. Love y'all. Good night. What's going on, everybody? Sorry for the uh, the lack of episodes this week. Um, the student-athlete life has definitely caught up to Reagan and I, so it's been tough to, to gather some time to get some episodes pushed out. But... Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about last weekend, big weekend, matter of fact, and then the final weekend of some conference football I will be discussing this week as well as stats, standings, and a little bit of college football to wrap it up. Um, going back to last weekend, we had three games. Ave Maria beating Florida Memorial 44-28. to St. Thomas beating Weber International 59-20. to And Southeastern beating Warner 44-7. to um, we can take a little bit of a deep dive into each one, but first I wanted to go over some stats so far for the year. Rontavius Farmer leading the Sun Conference in rushing with 1,300 yards and 13 touchdowns, averaging 151 yards per game with Marcus Burgess right behind him with 1,100 yards and 11 touchdowns, averaging 122 yards per game. I mean, these two backs are just so dynamic. They're huge huge parts of their offenses respectively and man have they been impressive this year it's looking like Rontavius Farmer will take the rushing triple crown with leading in yards touchdowns and yards per game um but I mean nothing bad to say about Marcus Burgess who is right there behind him um Kaiser definitely throws a ball a little bit more than St. Thomas which you can see the discrepancy there a little bit but man Rontavius Farmer what a year what a year um moving on to passing um our passing champion or our passing winner through nine games is Shea Spencer at Kaiser which I just mentioned with 1600 yards and 12 touchdowns and nine interceptions I'm sorry five interceptions coming in right behind him is Tyler Thomas with uh, 1500 yards and seven interceptions with 12 touchdowns averaging 173 yards a game um, right behind him Andrew Ledge from Ave 
1,400 yards, 10 touchdowns, and 9 interceptions. And, oh, I'm sorry, Kalen Wiggins is ahead of Andrew Ledge with 1,461 yards with 10 touchdowns and 2 picks, 208 yards a game, completion percentage at 53.7. Um, and then right behind him, Cody Braden with 1,155 yards, 10 touchdowns, and 5 picks. Um, Shea Spencer led the conference in completion percentage with 65%, which is a really good number. Um, uh, moving on to our receiving stats, um, Joshua Jenkins of Ave with 52 catches, 748 yards, and six touchdowns on the year, averaging close to 100 yards per game. Right behind him, uh, Quan Opierre with 36 catches, 677 yards, and six touchdowns, um, averaging about 75 yards a game. Um, two right behind him, really close, Shane McLaughlin. 24, 554, and four touchdowns. And Jalen Arnold, um, him being a tight end, 41 catches, 531, seven touchdowns, averaging 59 yards per game with around five catches per game, which is pretty impressive for a tight end in the Sun Conference. Um, last but not least, um, our leading tackler, Mark Vichek from Southeastern, with 77 total tackles. Ryan, Cumming Ryan Cunningham with 67. Jalen Willis with 70, um, Sidney Porter with 64, Nate Hyman with 65, um, and Brian Galazzo with 60 tackles. Um, these guys had tremendous years, you know, defensive linemen, linebackers, defensive backs. Can't forget Mark Vichek with three and a half sacks, and um, Danelle Bennett, the third, with four and a half sacks on the year, and uh, Willie Jackson with four four sacks on the year and to shout out my own my own guys Rocky O'Rourke with two and a half sacks on the year um the um, the leading interceptions was Trent Peacock with Weber with three Rashad Farmer with three the Lord Wendall with three Sidney Porter with three and several with two Devontae Harris um having two which two of them both of them resulting in touchdowns for the Warriors um, that's just a, a brief stand uh, statistics overview. Um, moving on a little bit with uh, the standings, um, Kaiser is five and zero in the Sun Conference with a six and three record. St. Thomas with an eight and two record, four and one in the Sun Conference. Southeastern two and two, six and three overall, and Weber two and two, five and three overall. Ave two and two, five and three overall. Flomo one and five, three and seven overall, and Warner zero oh and four with a one and seven overall. I believe if I have the rules correct, Kaiser has already wrapped up the Sun Conference, and they will be the Sun Conference champs for 2022. Um, St. Thomas plays Southeastern this week, so they will beat up on each other, while Kaiser plays Weber. So. We will see how the final standings look, but I believe Kaiser will be the Sun Conference champs. But going back to last weekend, Ave Maria beating Flomo 44-28. The trend continues for the Lions. They continued to be that punching bag for these teams who suffer heartbreaking losses. Um, a lot closer of a game than recent weeks for Flomo, with the score being 44-28. to um, And then heading just across the road to to St. Thomas. St. Thomas 
put it to Weber this last week, 59-20 to 20 Weber. That offensive line for St. Thomas was too much to handle for Weber. They ran wilds, run Tavius Farmer with a huge game. Weber, you know, made it interesting a little bit later in the third quarter, but St. Thomas just kind of ran away with that one. That one wrapped up the... That one wrapped up the season for Weber in terms of Sun Conference championship hopes. And then Southeastern um, dismantled Warner 44-7 at home. Southeastern has been looking a lot better since that, uh, since that Weber loss at home. So a pretty interesting week last week. The big one was St. Thomas beating Weber by 39 points, which was a shock to most, definitely to me. I have to eat my words because I thought Weber would play a little bit better there. Um... But moving on to this weekend, Flomo will get their forfeit win, so they will get their um, they will get another win under their belt. Kaiser travels to Weber for a big Senior Day matchup. Weber looking to finish strong in the Sun Conference. Um, that's at 1:30 p.m. in Babson Park. Warner travels to Ave Maria, and I believe Ave will have a great end to their season playing Warner. And then St. Thomas travels to Southeastern once again. Well, I'm sorry, not once again, but they meet once again. Um, St. Thomas coming off a huge win. So I'll give a little bit of a prediction for these games. I believe Kaiser's going to beat Weber. I think it's going to be a lot closer than anticipated for most. Um, but I like the Seahawks. They've been my favorite all year. And I believe they will continue to, to make me proud. Ave Maria will be Warner by several touchdowns, which has been a trend for the Royals, unfortunately. Um... And then St. Thomas and Southeastern, um, you know, I believe St. Thomas has been playing incredible football for a majority of the year. Credit their their defense and their rushing attack, but I believe St. Thomas will give Southeastern their third conference loss of the year. And St. Thomas will finish right behind Kaiser, losing a heartbreaker early on. And St. Thomas, their playoff hopes are probably still potentially in line, but definitely a lot tougher not being the Sun Conference champ. And then next weekend is a little preview. Weber will play Warner in the in the battle. I think it's the Battle of Crooked Lake or something like that. Um, that's going to be at Warner's brand new field. That should be really interesting. But um, another big weekend, you know, Sun Conference football, six teams, play, seven or six teams playing, three of them being um, Sun Conference matchups. So stay tuned for a big weekend and stay tuned for the kaiser seahawks to potentially clinch their division clinch the sun conference outright and you know it's been a fun a fun year a lot of interesting games big games close games it's you know it's been awesome a lot of great players i've loved every second of covering football this year i hope to continue to do it and i hope to see one or two sun conference teams in the postseason and i'll be following them very closely and rooting them on but just to wrap up my little segment here, I'm going to go over a little bit of college football at the Division One level. There's a couple games, you know, that I like. Tulane being a point favorite against UCF, I believe UCF will win this game. Louisville and Clemson, I like Louisville. And that's going to be a really good game. I think Clemson's going to pull it off after last week's disappointing loss. But that's going to be a game to watch. TCU and Texas. This could get really interesting prime time, but I like Max Dugan and the Horned Frogs. And then Wake and UNC. UNC has been unbelievable this year. I believe they're going to give the 
Clemson Tigers are run for their money in that conference championship game. I believe that's how that works. Um, but upset of the week. Upset of the week. I like... Hmm, this is a tough one. There's not... There's, the spreads are kind of wild this week. But um, you know what? You know what? I guess I'm going to have to take UCF. They're a one-point underdog. They're ranked lower than... Or higher than Tulane. So give me the Knights... Go Knights, Orlando native. So go Knights. Um, and, of course, go Gators. Huge Gator fan. Hopefully we can continue our success against the Gamecocks, and Georgia will probably do the same against Mississippi State. Um, you know, but that's going to do it. You know, I appreciate you guys listening every week. Um, love you guys. Hope you guys have a great weekend. We'll check back in shortly, early next week.